Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company on this Monday afternoon, just gone 12 midday. Eastern Standard Time, and of course, that is time for the call. Uh, we analyse 10 stocks that you suggest. Uh, we put them to our two experts in 60 minutes. It's a lot of fun and incredibly informative and delighted to have on the panel today, uh, David Novak from Wealthwise. David, welcome to uh, the call. Thank you, David. Great to have you in the uh, Osbis studios here at Barangaroo. And Francesco Destratus from Ords. Francesco, good to see you again. Thank you, David. Good afternoon. Good to have you back in. And uh, it's great to have all your company. And um, our stock of the day today um, is Fisher & Paykel, um, after the New Zealand-based company says, Earnings jumped by 37%, boosted by demand for hospital equipment amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Profit for the 12 months to June, net also hitting 287 million New Zealand dollars. Sales of medical hardware to hospitals rose more than 300%. Sales of consumables increased by more than a third, driving revenue up 18% to $1.26 billion. David Novak, this is a company that's made the most of coronavirus, hasn't it? It certainly has. It's been the main beneficiary, but it, um, look, it's a little bit costly up here, you know, expensive. Yeah. Um, not that it's anything's much it's cheap out there at the moment, yeah. but look, they're in the perfect sector. Yeah. Um, they've hit new, just new highs uh, this morning at $31, which gives it a pretty expensive market valuation of around 17, 18 billion. Um, so when you look at the revenue, that's, that's you know, what, 15, 16 times rev. Yeah. Um, now, they've given a forecast as well, but they're, they're, they're leaving the back door open in terms of the next six months or 12 months, yeah. saying that they could be up another 13% on their earnings, which is still a good number. Yeah. But look, for my money, um, it's had a pretty good run up here. I, I wouldn't be chasing it myself. Right. Okay. It's Francesco? Yeah, look, I'm with David. I, I think it trades on a very high P multiple. Yeah. Um, and healthcare stocks. It's a good company. Healthcare stocks. Well do, yeah, look, if I look at the business, I think it's a great company. Yeah. Uh, you know, comparisons, I'll be looking at something like a ResMed, although Fisher Paykel does have a much broader uh, yeah. Product offering rather than just sleep apnea, uh, but on, on, on a you know on a price basis, I think it's a bit expensive for where yeah. it is. Um, yeah, there is earnings growth as uh, as you've highlighted there, and, and I think there's some growth coming into the uh, end of the next couple of years yeah. as well. But that price uh, that it's trading on doesn't support you know that level yeah. of growth. Just I think. look at that chart, as David pointed out, thirty one dollars nineteen record mm. high. Mm. 
bloody hell, down at $14 last August. So it's, yeah. it's doubled in that time, and that March pullback didn't affect it at all, did it? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I look at a company like this, I think it trades on a bit over 50 times. Yeah. And then you look at a CSL, and it's starting to come back a bit. Yeah. You know, and it's trading on around the 40 times. So, right. you know, both expensive, both healthcare stocks, and, and yeah. always trade over, you know, over the the Because the, the other one normal. in this sector is Ramsey, too, isn't it? Ramsey Healthcare is similar, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, personally prefer the, the ResMed. Ramsey's more of hospitals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, fish pay kills more products. Yeah. Same with the ResMed yeah. uh, is more product. Um, so, and Sonic Health is, is probably more diagnostics and right. that sort of thing. So right. they're, they're the big players in our yeah. market. Um, but if I was to make a choice, I'd be looking more at, um, you know, CCL or ResMed at the ResMed. moment. At okay. the moment. Okay. Yeah. But like you say, it is a good business. Yeah. But at what price yeah. do you pay for it? Yeah. yeah. David, do you have a preference for... Resmed and CSL, are they? Very much the same. I think um, CSL is probably the favourite out there. You yeah. know? Um, just the trend at the moment. I follow trends. Yeah. So yeah. not only the combining the fundamentals of the, the yeah. financial health, but also the most importantly, the timing. Just the trend at the moment with CSL is the only thing that just has me stop from, you know, yeah. preclude me from buying. Because it's been testing that $28 mark, has it? And sort of bouncing off it a bit. Is that a good thing or...? Well, it, it's uh, well. Let me just have a quick look at the chart. But it's been one of those kind of defensive. When you look at the healthcare sector, it, it yeah. is considered defensive. But just when I looked at the chart uh, last week, yeah, look, it's it's come off that two hundred and eighty dollar level and it's consolidating yeah. just but just around around two eighty, yeah, two ninety yeah. now. Um, Someone it, told me there, there's a floor at 280, sort of on the charts. Is there it is, there is, there right. is, right there. Yeah, so you don't want to see the stock break below 280. Right. Uh, but that was the buy point. Um, and it is starting to move up here, so gradually, you know, right. I should yeah. say. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, I would probably, this would be my number one pick and then ResMed. It's, right. a, it's a stock, though, that never gets cheap. Yeah, it never, exactly. yeah, from a fundamental point of view, you never yeah. see it cheap. And every yeah. time you do think it's going to get there, it just takes off again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, if you look at it from a historical point of view, trading on 30 to 35, you know, that's under 250. But yeah. I don't see it getting there in, in you know, the next six months. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the 270s might be a very good buy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Fisher & Paykel, good company, great results, a uh, bit expensive at the moment. Let's move on to uh, the stocks that you suggested. Uh, the first one from Stephanie and uh, David. She this isn't really a defensive stock. A two milk more a gross, <laughs> more a gross stock, is it? The uh, the big uh, dairy um, yeah. sort of infant formula uh, doesn't own a cow, but is um, is a pretty good marketing organisation in that space. Sure is. Um, again, look, it's great. Good numbers here. It yep. doesn't. The company doesn't pay a, a dividend, but then again, look, it's over again with a lot of stocks that are out there. I'm just looking at the chart here. Um, you know, making it just hit a new record high last week at twenty dollars. Pull back. I mean, we've seen this rally from the March lows around um, twenty fourteen dollars. Yeah. But it's just expensive again. I'm looking at the multiples here, um, and uh, you know, we're talking forty three times earnings. Yeah. It's a bit rich for my, again, like the whole market across the board is we're seeing this. So from, there, there are a few pockets, of course, but just in this space, yeah. right now, I'd be tempted to take some money off the table. Just hold. If you bought at lower levels, you, you would not uh, hold this if it broke below the previous low of $17 is, right. the, is the line in the sand. Right. Okay. Otherwise, you hold it. Right. Okay. And 
Yep. So if you're, if you're an existing shareholder, hold it. Make sure it doesn't go below 17. But it'd be expensive to get in if you're not an existing shareholder. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Francesco, what do you think of Yeah, odds, odds went to a lighten recommendation on this or a couple of months ago now. Right. Um, and, and that doesn't mean sell out, right? But if you've yeah. got profits on there, just take some off the table. Um, as David mentioned, it does trade on a very high multiple. Um, and, and, you know, in its early days, it probably deserved to because the growth was there. Yeah. But now we're starting to see a lot of increased competition in their market, which is China, obviously, selling yeah. the, the, the powdered milk. Um, and the China... Uh, Australia trade relations, you know, start to become a bit questionable uh, yeah. in recent sort of months, if weeks, if you like. So, so that could have a, a negative impact on it. Um, we're also starting to see um, uh, lesser returns on for capital invested. So, in, you know, they've got to invest a lot more capital to get the t- type of returns, and it all comes from the increased level of competition in their yeah. marketplace um, and lesser margins out of the. The Daigus, which are the the, the foreign nationals yeah. that buy for and send yeah. it back to China, so th- so there's less margin and, on that and, for those. And basically, not as many Chinese students coming to Australia. No, who would buy that, it all and say that's their part-time job, isn't <laughs> that's it? That's their part-time job is to, <laughs> job to buy Macca's Australian or, goods and send it back. Uh, yeah. Job at Macca's or a job as a Daigu. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a Daigu. I think the pronunciation yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so there's some increased competition there, which is uh, you know is, is you know having some negative effects. So look. Um, Nothing wrong with the business model per se at, at present, yeah. but we think it's a bit expensive and the competition's not there to deserve to trade yeah. on a high multiple yeah. like that. And uh, as you say, the uh, the whole relations with China, because in the past, um, it just takes Chinese customs to slow things down and yeah. we've seen stocks like this. Yeah. Take a bit of a hit, and, so. and, and it's not some you know changing policy in China is a lot different to changing policy yeah. in Australia. It's just you know I don't even know if they just sweep the pen over it. It's more of yeah. a phone call to say stop, yeah. you know, stop goods coming from particular yeah. areas. We want to make a point, and they do. Um, yeah. So so that that I think increases the risk. So for for, for investors that are you know are in it, I, I'd suggest at least taking some of that off the table. Right. Okay. Yeah, reduce your risk. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, there you go, Stephanie. Some uh, some good advice there on AT2 Milk. Our second stock's being suggested by Michael. It's EML Payments. It's um, been a bit of a darling over the last six months or so. Is uh, they're into to prepaid um, sort of transaction cards. It's a fintech, uh, digital gift cards, and uh, sort of things like Bunnings gifts cards and things like that. Is basically the uh, the business, so it's a, a prepaid financial services fintech, um, and sort of um, aiming to become almost a digital bank. It seems uh, sometime in the future. Um, David, EML payments. Yeah, look, this is the favourites for the millennials out there, just yep. like Afterpay and all the rest. The zip money, you know, um, yep. this this falls in that kind of category. Uh, look, it, for me, it's a sell. Um, it's uh, actually the trend has now started to move down unless it breaks back above $4, but it's been quite volatile. We've had a high of, what do we see, about $5.50 yeah. before the, the COVID business, and then down to a low of one fifty, back up to 4 and now it's rolling over. Yeah. Um, look, it's on a multiple of um, you know 68 times or something, and uh, just too expensive. Um, yeah. Even the return on equity is around 5%, at, not for my money, and, and, the, oh. and the technicals are weak, starting okay. to weaken here. So. so so in a chart like this, yeah, um, and say the five-year one, God damn, if we can, we can bring up the five-year one as well, what do you look for? 
in a chart like that? <laughs> well, um, you know, when it's got that momentum move that you can see there from the end of 2018, you're looking for yep. momentum stocks. You know, if you're a yep. trader, it depends if you're an investor. I don't put this in the investment category. Right. Okay, I put this in the trading category yep. for momentum traders. And this is what people love, the traders love, and that's why they love Afterpay. Yep. It's purely based on momentum. Right. You know, anybody trying to put a valuation on this, like, give me a break. You know? <laughs> um, but they, that's the momentum, and that's typical of what happens. And then you can see, you know, the, the extent of that move. So everybody gets on the back of it, and then something, I call it a Godzilla moment, yep. comes yep. out with that little that movie called Godzilla meets Bambi. I don't know if you've seen it. It's the shortest movie ever made. But Godzilla steps on Bambi, and that's and that's one of those Godzilla moments. Um, so you know, be, you know, you got to beware when you're writing this, and and there's not much going on in terms of the background fundamentals. You know, yeah. it's all driven by momentum. You got to get ready to get off the train. Right. Know? Okay. So um, terrific while the rides up. That's right. But it can reverse pretty quickly. Exactly. But a great trading stock. Right. That's okay. it. Francesco, what do you think of a Yeah, look, I, I'd agree. Um, we don't have any research coverage on it, so I'm not right. about to put a recommendation out there. Um, I think it's slightly different than your afterpays, where they're not actually lending money uh, in most of their products. It's more yeah. someone's buying a gift or, or, yeah, or you're prepaid. Lo you're loading, you're up, loading a up a card or some yeah. description or, or, or yeah. something like that. So I think it's a, probably a little bit more of an established market yeah. and therefore should not be trading on the, you know, the high multiples that you see uh, Afterpays and so on. Uh, I think Afterpays is sort of in the stratosphere though. But um, um, So it does trade on high multiples, higher than I think it should. Um, what concerns me about their technology is that, you know, you go to a Woolies or Coles and you buy a gift card. Um, what happens when people don't want those cards? They want it just loaded up. Yeah. I think they've got the technology or they're working on technology there, but, but you'd have to understand how much capital investment is going into it and how much sort of return will come out of it. Uh, in relation to, you know, maybe Afterpay develops something, and I'm spitballing here, but you know, where people can lodge funds into other people's Afterpay accounts as a gift, right. if you know what I mean. Right. So, yeah. so I think you know their technology is probably a little bit old compared to the others, um, and it'd be interesting to see how they transition. So I'm yeah. not about to put a recommendation on it, uh, but I, uh, you know, like David, I think that these things are very expensive. Yeah. If you're a long-term traditional type investor, you know, these aren't the yeah. things that you're looking for because yeah. you know, they're gonna give you probably hard publications. I suppose, I suppose the technology with um, EML is uh, they wouldn't have many defaults, would they? Because you've got to have, oh, no. the, have yeah. the money to load up the card, whereas yeah. The issue with Afterpay and Zip and a yeah. lot of the buy-out pay later 100%. is... The thing I like about the Afterpay, though, the, the defaults are going to be fairly small in, right. in quantity. So you're not going to have someone default on a you know, $100,000 loan. You're, you're talking you know, $1,000, $2,000, a couple of hundred dollars. Right. Uh, and they get blocked yeah. uh, until they actually cover that. So right. And then they, they obviously can maintain records on who's got good and bad coverage. So I think, yes, there are concerns about that. Yeah. More across... Uh, the economy than than on individuals, if you yep. like. So so yep. if you know, we go into a, a deep recession, um, unemployment levels go sky high. You're going to have a period where there's going to be some um, bad debts. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure how sort of quantitative that is. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, there you go, Michael. Uh, a no on EML from uh, from David and Francesco. Uh, our third stock comes from Paul. Uh, Frontier Digital Ventures. Now, you've, you've heard of realestate.com and Seek and car sales and how they dominate the Australian market. So basically, Frontier Digital 
has taken that idea of online classifieds businesses and taking them to um, sort of third world developing nations uh, like your Vietnams and uh, some Asian countries as well. Um, sounds good in theory, Francesco. Um, yes. <laughs> does it sound good investment-wise? Because <laughs> it's not, not a bad story to say. Yes. Well, if Seek and carsales.com and REA have made it in Australia, they can go anywhere. Well, you know, funny you say that because car sales and, and um, uh, real estate, uh, you know, they acquired businesses in some of these emerging markets as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're not small. South Korea, Mexico, yeah, car sales. 100%. Yeah. So, so there is good business there. Um, looking, and again, we don't cover this stock, uh, yeah. but looking into the detail of it, it's structured as a private equity firm um, yeah. and it invests in that type of investment in emerging markets. So yeah. they're based in uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Um, and I suppose with these sort of things, you've got to have confidence in the manager. Mm-hmm. You've got to have confidence in their ability to identify opportunities in these markets uh, and invest wisely in these opportunities. Um, there is um, a, a, a one broker coverage out there uh, at the moment. Um, they claim that there's um, they've got a 30% investment in one investment that they say is larger than the whole of FDV. Um, so if that's true, yep. then there's good yep. value there. Yep. But this is an opinion on the value of a underlying investment. So yep. I, you'd have to sort of dig a bit deeper into that. So I um, wouldn't like to, again, put a... And it'd be speculative, I reckon, in yep. nature because of the underlying investments they go into. Um, so you'd have to do a bit more homework on sort of you know, what the underlying investments that they're investing in, particularly this one where they have a 30% stake, sure. which would be a very large part of their assets, I right. would imagine. Okay. So I'd be cautious. Um, if anything, I'd say, yeah, if you're a invest, long-term investor looking for good quality stocks, I'd be looking elsewhere. Right. If okay. you're a, a speculator and a punter, do a bit more homework. Right. The, the okay. company you're talking about, it's called Zameen, and it's in uh, Pakistan. It's a leading uh, property okay. portal portal in, in oh, Pakistan. Okay. Right. Okay. So that's the one that's merged with this other company and that valuation they're estimating is about a billion US. Right. And they've got thirty percent of this is a mean. Right. It's called. So which and is, is that yeah. like, like a real estate uh, yeah. an REA Correct. of Pakistan. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. Correct. All right. So mm. they're in interesting places, Lebanon, Pakistan yeah. and mm. other Asian countries, etc. But they, they seem to be focusing in the, the REITs market. Like 50% of their focus seems to be in that kind of uh, area, but right. mo- mostly on the online yeah. um, online portals, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, interesting one. It's again the market cap, it, it, it hasn't made a profit. Their revenue, they did cash in on, and they, their bank balance is 19 million. But they've got a market cap of 236 right. million. So, you know, it, it comes back to what Francesca was saying about that depends on the management and, you know, pulling these deals together like private equity groups and then off-selling them. Right. So it's really dependent on that. The stock's quite volatile. I mean, if you want to trade it, it's a great trading stock. I mean, if you have a look at the, the, the trend of this thing, it goes from, you know, 80 cents to a dollar 20 back to um, back to 60 cents and now it's back to 94. <laughs> so, right. you know, and that's over the period since the beginning of the year. Right. Okay. okay. So to me, it gets back into that category again, but it's a smaller market value cap. Yeah. company than the ones yeah. we've been looking at so far. Okay. Not for so, the faint-hearted, I would imagine. No, yeah. no. And for the management to be based, would you say Kuala Lumpur? They're in KL, yeah. Yeah. Why would it be listed on, is it listed on the 
This is on KLS ASX. ASX. Uh, ASX. Um, I didn't look to see if it was dual yeah. listed, but I don't think so. Right. Um, okay. I mean, our listing rules are much cleaner than yes. most in our region. Yeah. So um, maybe they looked at that for some credibility. Right, uh, yeah, more, more prestigious than, yeah. listing here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but based in KL probably because um, that's sort of central to the region where they're looking to invest anyway. Um, so thank you for that suggestion, Paul. Um, so that's not for the faint-hearted and uh, is a trading stock. The, our next uh, suggestion comes from Peter, the SPDR High Yield Fund. So, David, I don't think this is a trading stock, is it? <laughs> is the other end of the spectrum from Frontier Digital Ventures. Uh, sure <laughs> it's is. basically an ETF. Uh, is it an ETF? Yeah, yeah. it's an ETF. Yeah, an ETF. High, high yield. High yield. Sorry, they. I got this mixed up with the previous. They, they've got most of fifty percent of their portfolio in REITs. In REITs, yeah, Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But the, see, they've just given the forecast, the dividend um, payment forecast distribution for yeah. June, which is five cents. That's a big drop from December of thirty-nine. Right. Okay, because you know it's been suspension. They've got banks. Yep. And there's yep. been suspension of dividends. So really, again, it's, it's at the mercy of um, hmm. the you know. The big cap stock—that's the sector they're playing in, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, maintaining their dividends and and especially with the banks suspending, that's why um, I wouldn't call it now high yield. Right. <laughs> well, higher yeah. than than others. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's not for my money. Right. Uh, I could find better places to go to get the to get the yield. The yield. What do you reckon, Francesca? Yeah. Look, uh, it just replaces a managed fund, if you like, yeah. these exchange traded funds. I yeah. think yeah. I think they're great for, for for investors because they're effective, they're liquid, um, they're they're low cost. Yeah. Um, you know, so some of these some of these ETFs, you know, their um, MERs are some as as low as 0.1. Some mm. of them are. I'm not, I'm not sure what this one is. Yeah. It could be 0.3, it could be 0.4. But yeah. it basically invests in the MISCI uh, Australian Select High Div right. Index. Which, which would have been dominated by the big four banks. Or that, yeah. Dominated by big four banks. But, yeah. you know, it's got all your, your, your obvious high-yielding stocks, your Telstra's, your Woodside's, your, well, Woodside not anymore, but yeah. West Farmers. And, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Uh, and your REITs, as, as David highlighted there. So so um, there's quite a few different ones out there in the marketplace. There's probably about oh, eight ETFs that um, focus purely on Aussie high-yield. Yeah. Um, some of them will pay dividends on a quarterly basis, some on a monthly basis, some on a six-monthly basis. Um, and as David mentioned, you know, as... The underlying investments reduce and are cutting back on dividends, as we're seeing yeah. at the moment. That same thing's going to happen here, yeah. but it's all relative too. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, what's the alternative? Well, let's you know think about interest rate securities. Well, their yields are coming back as well. So, you know, it's all relative. I yeah. think. Um, so, but if the, you're an investor that depends on. That. Uh, sure. Return. Yeah. It's a tough market it's out tough. there. Well, yeah. Yeah. Term deposits. Term deposits are under one percent. Oh, horrible. Um, yeah. Now you're getting capital security in out of those, but yeah. you know if you're living off that, it makes it hard. Absolutely. So then your next step up is maybe looking at uh, exchange traded funds that invest in corporate bonds, yeah. which will give you a little bit more yield out of it. Um, yeah. Obviously, taking on a little bit more risk. Then you move into the sort of hybrid type subordinated note areas, which again will give you. A little bit more risk, but a little yeah. bit more return. Then, obviously, into the equity side of things, where you know, yeah. obviously, the risk is the share price and the returns are good yeah. dividends. Yeah. Um, so, so I think they're a good way of, of investors, particularly smaller investors that 
don't have the ability to get that sort of diversity. There's yeah. a fair bit of diversity in that uh, ETF. Um, you know, is it a buy sell hold? It's not one of those things you would say is a buy sell hold. It'd be, you know, do you need exposure to yeah. Aussie equities? Uh, is, is your is your drive to get income? Yeah. Well, this is a, a way of achieving that. For the, the opportunities right now, it's like more better opportunities like in the listed investment uh, company space, LICs. Right. Because uh, oh. not only are you getting a substantial discount to net asset, net tangible assets of 25%. Right. Yeah, 30%, in some cases, yeah. And, and you're getting a yield of like six, six and a half percent fully franked. Okay. Yeah. That's the space that I like at the moment. Right. The, the, the right. thing you've got to be cautious of with the LICs is that the underlying manager is not necessarily creating an index he's managing the funds yeah so if he you know well, he or she or if the manager is a good manager and they perform well then right. you tend to get that yeah. um you know net all well, the share price trading at or above the nta right. so there is a lot of discount in the lic's at the moment but you yeah. just got to be some investors may not have the stomach for a, a manager actually trying to outperform markets yeah uh, whereas these will just right. replicate yeah. markets. Right. So, I so, like the more particular, like Cadence is an example. Yeah. Oh, there's some good ones that, out there, that's yeah. A, that's a beauty. There's some great ones Great yeah. track record. Um, right. He had a bag, bugger of a year last year, but so who did yeah. it yeah. in the fund yeah. space? Yeah. But um, he's... Um, so that'd be a better alternative, Cadence. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another one recently listed was called Plato, which is an income uh, uh, LIC. Long short yeah. fund as well. Yeah. That's a right. good one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Some really good options for you there, Peter. Thanks for the suggestion. Um, our fifth stock comes from Frank. Hello, World Travel. Uh, one of our, our largest um, travel companies, uh, 2,000 independent franchise travel agents. Uh, uh, they're travel specialists. Uh, you'd put them in that, uh, that flight centre, hmm. webjet sort of, sort of carry, um, uh, sector at the moment, being absolutely hammered today at the end of last week off the back of... Uh, Qantas's announcement and the prediction that we won't be travelling anywhere soon for at least an, another year. So um, yeah. they've all been smashed at the moment. Uh, David, what do you think of Hello World Travel? Well, I think they should change their name to Goodbye Travel <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. But yeah, look, it has been smashed. And a lot of these uh, Webjet, like you mentioned, Flight yeah. Centre and Qantas, and, I mean, there's a lot of speculation there. It was like hit yeah. a dollar low, from went from you know, $5 to a dollar. Yeah. And then back up to three, and now it's uh, pulling back here. Uh, yeah, you can't touch it. It's really, you know, it's out for the next 12 months. Uh, they, they're not giving guidance, obviously. Uh, all they're saying is that domestic travel expected to pick up by the end of the year, but an international, not till 2021. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's not, and, and of course they can't, yeah, and they're, they're, they're only now getting 5% of revenue. Yeah. So I, I can't touch it, really. Mm. Right. Francesco? Um, we cover this stock. Yep. Um, our analyst got a hold on it. I think he's being very kind myself. Right. Um, I'm with David. I, I just think the, the revenues, um, you know, returning to normal are a long way off. Mm. Um, I do recall, you know, things like bird flus and, and, and SARS viruses, yep. um, you know, when people really um, were really scared to travel internationally uh, at that time. It took a while for people to return to travel. So. Yep. Um, I think you'll find that the likes of uh, these sort of companies, flight centres, uh, and the brands within Hello World, I think, is Jetstar. There's Qantas. They own Qantas Travel, I think. Yes. Um, 
you know, they're, they're the sort of places people go when they're going for a complex holiday. They go to South America and want to do a couple of countries or Europe and doing cruises and things yeah. like that. So where it's a little bit complex, people will go to those sort of things. But I think, you know, Australians, uh, or majority of Australians, will, when they travel for holidays now, in the next 12 to 18 months, it's going to be domestically. Um, and I think a lot of that people do themselves. So the yeah. need for this sort of service um, will decline, or will decline, it has declined, yeah. um, but I think it'll, they'll be quiet for some time. It won't be a okay. V-shaped recovery for them. Yeah. So, um, too many unknown factors. Um, you know, the cash position looks okay for them to last out, um, and that's probably why our analysts has got a hold on them rather than negative recommendation. Uh, but I think that focus away from international travel for a little bit longer than people might think yeah. uh, is going to really hurt the likes of Hello yeah. World, Flight Centres, you know, corporate travel. Corporate travel is a little bit different, but you know, they'll still be impacted. I think, I think the way people are doing business now, um, you know, instead of jumping on a plane and flying to Melbourne or Brisbane for a meeting, uh, you'll be doing a... Um, Everyone's become very Zoom savvy. Zoom <laughs> or uh, Microsoft Teams or something like yep. that. And, and, and um, you know, rather than... And, and the technology's improved and people's acceptance of using it has, has increased as well. Yeah. So someone like myself, who would never have thought to do a meeting like that, I'd rather jump on a plane and go and do a presentation than, yeah. than, than, than do that. Um, you know, I've been considering doing those sort of things for yeah. clients uh, over the past okay. month or two. Right, let me put this to you both, though. You know, everyone looks at sectors and they say you buy them when nobody else, when, <laughs> when they're hated. No one buys them. Yeah. It's like March 23 pullback and everyone's going, oh, geez, I wish I bought such and such there. Wish I had the guts to do it. I didn't. I panicked. It was out of it. For travel stocks, it's a bit like that yeah. again, isn't it? So how do, you, how do you judge when to get back in to good ones or, or not? Or do you sort of dribble a bit in and yep. say, right, it's a well-run company. I know travel's going to come back at some time. So I'll just put a stake a little bit in it now and see how it goes. Well, how, how do you do it? Follow the trend. Right. That you, you know, you've got to look at the indicators, look at the charts. I mean, you know, clearly tells you when a trend's changing from up to down or from right. down to up. Okay. And, 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 you know, right now, Hollow Well is definitely now moving down. Yeah, like all of them, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a breakout, like there was a clear breakout, we call it, yeah. that everybody got onto on good volume as well. About when, a month ago. Yeah, yeah, when everybody was expecting this V-type recovery was yeah. going to happen. Um, so that was the play out there, yeah. and everybody jumped on it. But now that's rolled over because people are seeing this is going, yeah. going to take longer than they thought. So technically, it always tells you, Shows you on the chart. Yeah, so the trend's your friend. The trend's right. your friend. Right, That's when it. it turns around. Okay, so wait for that to turn around. Yep. Francesco? Yeah, look, I, I mean, don't disagree with the trend side of things, but I mean, if you, like you say, you want to find that bottom, yeah. um, obviously the trend's going the other way when you find the bottom. So, yeah. so um, don't disagree with you um, that, you know, if you bought something like a Hello World uh, three to five years' time, you could be looking back at that and going, geez, I'm a yeah. genius. Yeah. Um, but the question is, um, with this sort of business and this industry is, I don't know how long that the industry will take to turn around, yeah. whether it will. Um, I don't know how deep their pockets are. I mean, I mentioned that you know, their cash position looks okay, yeah. but how long does that last for? Um, how long, well, you know, and do they start shutting down biz, you know, offices and branches and things like that? And how long yeah. does it take to bring it up? So I think there's too many unknowns in that sort of, you know, something like a mining stock or, you know, you, you're, you're sort of thinking about 
changes in demand for the underlying commodity and those sort of things. Right. Um, this sort of thing, uh, you know, and again, I look back at the bird flus and SARS and, yeah. and, and looked at, you know, people were reluctant to travel overseas and I think that's going to be the case in, yeah. in this instance as well. Okay, good advice there. Uh, really good analysis there for you, Frank. And as David was saying, all these travel stocks had a bounce back about a month ago as everyone thought, right, the worst is over for them. Let's get mm. in early. Caught too soon. Um, so that's our first five stocks. Um, uh, plus our stock of the day, Fisher and Paykel, was uh, a no from both David and Francesco, as was A2 Milk. Uh, EML, too expensive. Um, Frontier Digital, uh, really highly speculative. You, if you're going to get into it, you've really got to do your homework. Um, the SPDR High Yield Fund, um, what you're getting in is exactly what you get. Uh, it's an ETF giving you a, a yield, but that yield's re- reducing because all the stocks in it are reducing their yields. Maybe look at a, a listed investment company as an alternative and a no on Hello World. Just before, our sixth stock has been uh, suggested by George and it's a, a med tech company, medical device company that designs, um, now this gets really above my head, um, manufactures dermal regeneration solutions and it has a, a thing called Novosorb, which is a, a polymer technology. Um, David, Polynovo? Yeah, look, this is um, what's in the healthcare space, obviously. Yep. Um, they are at, at the moment, right in the moment, uh, out getting uh, about to get FDA approval on their yep. product. It, there is a demand for this product. Apparently uh, it's world leading, yeah, isn't it? it is. It's sort of like a, yeah. what would you call it? It's sort of um, um, like, not barbed wire, I was going to say, like a mesh, yes, isn't it? That's that, it. That for burns. They stick into yeah. yeah, and skin graft. And, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, very well received, big market. Um, look, the, the income mm. isn't there, right? I mean, they are generating revenue, but the, it's not hitting the bottom line just yet. But look, they have got scope, definitely. Uh, the, the volatility in the stock is, again, this, I put this in the category of trading. Yep. Uh, but if you have it, you definitely hold it yep. for further growth and FDA approval, especially. Uh, but look, if it got by, below 225, I'd, I'd be a seller. Yep. If it got to that level, that would be your stop loss level. But this has gone, you know, from the beginning of the year, it's gone from $1.75 up to $3.25, back to $1.50, and now it's trading at what, 280 to um, 84 or 285 yeah. or something. Yeah. So it's heading back up again. Right. Um, so you'd stick with it if you've got it and you may even consider to, to buy, um, you know, not going guns blazing, but right. uh, you'd have a stop loss underneath. Like a tentative buy on this one. Yeah. Francesco? Yeah, look, um, I think this, this story <coughs> looks very attractive. Um, um, again, we don't cover this stock. It's probably a little bit in that speculative side of things um, but the technologies for for as you mentioned treatment for burns and and surgical wounds and you know reducing and minimizing scarring and that sort of stuff so it's not you know a lot of people look at it and go well burns you know it's only when you have fires and that well you know there's a bit more to it than just that um and it's much broader so you know, looking it's across, a great Australian story. It is a, story, another it? great Australian story, you know, as they say. It, no, don't you reckon? <laughs> oh, I, I love stocks like this because everyone goes, oh, we're not a smart country. We are a smart country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And, you know, investors are backing yeah, yeah, yeah. this science of, of this company yeah, yeah. overseas. Well, it's, it's, it's very well accepted amongst the medical industry. And, yeah. and, and, you know, their revenues are growing considerably. They are yeah. using the product, um, despite it still going through approval processes. Um, consensus out there, there is a little bit of coverage is, is quite yeah. positive. Um, I would expect earnings to start turning positive around 21, maybe right. 22. So right. starting to be profitable because uh, you're starting to see large quantities uh, going through. Operating cash flows just under five, negative five mil a year. Uh, so they're sitting on uh, about eight million cash, and I think they've got a a, a, um, a debt facility that's of about nine and a half million, which is untapped. So I don't think they'll mm. need to come back to the market to raise any more money. Uh, before they turn positive right. at this stage, but time will tell. Um, but the revenue growth is impressive. So, yeah. and and if it continues that way, I think it's you know something to look at. You know, obviously, you know it's going to be volatile. So yep. the share price is going to move around a lot. So you'd look to someone like David's sort of you know crystal ball where you know where that sort of low point is where you would be getting into it. But I, I like the prospects for it over yeah. the longer term. Okay. All right. So. Tentative buy there from uh, both Francesco and David on Polynovo. Our uh, seventh stock has been suggested by May, and it's IOOF Holdings. Francesco, uh, big financial services company, offers a range of products, financial advice, superannuation, investment management, trustee services. Been around a long time. Previous owner it? of Audmanet. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Okay. Just as of um, September last year, yeah. we... we uh, we uh, bought ourselves back, if you like. Um, so, look, we, we have a whole recommendation on this stock. I mean, the, the whole industry is going through changes after the Royal Commission, uh, and it's difficult to understand sort of where they're going to land and who's going to land on their feet well and, and so yeah. forth. There's a lot of movement in the wealth management industry. So, you know, financial planners are moving from, you know, one licensee to another. So we're seeing a lot of movement around in that space. So I deal with a lot of those sort of people, yeah. um, you know, and, and they're starting to sort of, it's starting, it's starting to settle down a little bit, but you know, when people start moving from one licensee to another, it's until until they find that w- the one that suits them. Sometimes they might move two or three times from yeah. license to license. So, so a lot of movement there. Uh, it, the, the funds under management side of the business is relative to the market. So, you know, obviously, I'm not going to you know um, sort of look at where those markets are going to go, but I think markets might come off a little bit over the next month or two anyway. Um, so that's going to dictate which way the price goes in the in the short term. Right. Um, and then the platform side of the industry, you know, it's highly competitive. There's a lot of platforms out there in the marketplace. So it's, uh, you know, it's a difficult position to be in. So uh, look, you know, if you're in there, you've been in there for a long time, it'll, you know, it'll still pay dividends. So I, I'd, yeah. we're on a hold, okay. uh, but I wouldn't be chasing the stock. Okay, David? Oh, so look, my, my view, same, you know, it's, uh, it's a hold, but it's an income stock. It's not really growth, um, mm. you know, but it's been a t- shocking performer over the, since the <laughs> beginning of 18. Went, it's gone from you know, $12 to that recent low of $3. You know, yeah. It was up at $8 before the, the virus, and now it's trading at around you know, just under 5 But look, it, it's a dividend yield of about 45 or 5.5% fully franked. Nothing exciting in my book. They, their funds under management did uh, start to move up a bit. But um, yeah, look. Nothing jumps out. Nothing exciting about this. All right. Um, Our eighth stock uh, has been suggested by Caitlin. Uh, Good old National Australia Bank. One of the big four banks, David. Um, Yeah. 
Look, do you I, like NAB or do you like any of the big four? I look back uh, about a, a month ago, yes, um, right. for this breakout that happened, but then taking profits. Not a sector I'd be rushing into, but again, what's the dividend outlook is the big question. NAB is one of my preferred stocks, uh, and ANZ, mm. those two in okay. the sector, um, uh, followed probably by um, Westpac, but most people pick CBA because that's the king of the, the right. town. Uh, but look, it's not, again, it's not an exciting sector for me uh, yeah. to jump into, um, you know, and income, dividend income is uncertain going forward. So, uh, yeah, at some stage, but it's not a buy for me right now. Right, okay. Yeah. Francesco? Yeah, look, I'm with David. I think the whole sector is probably, you know, ex-growth, if you like. Yeah. Probably a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking ex-growth. In other so words, that's just, uh, yeah, going well, backwards. no growth. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you look at CBA, and as David mentioned, you know, it, it, it is the, the the stock that everyone looks to. Yeah. Um, it's trading on it's like seventeen or eighteen times, yeah. seventeen times or something like that. Yeah. Now, a bank trading on that level, you need to say, well, there's going to be some growth over the next two or three years. Yep. So, where's the growth come from? Well, they've all scaled back their operations to being more traditional banks, so yeah. deposits and, and lending, you know, yeah. you know, moving out of wealth management and those sort of areas and just going back to their core values. Well, where's the growth in loans coming yeah. from? I don't see where it's coming from. The mm. property market's a bit, you know, on the negative front, uh, you know, and we're seeing, you know, their provisioning for bad and for debts, which they've done recently, is quite good. So normally they will over-provide. So that, that's, that's a good thing, um, but want to see loan growth, and, and I just don't see that over the next sort of 18 to 24 months, if you like. Our ninth stock comes from GUD Holdings. Um, They manufacture, import, distribute a whole range of automotive products, but also basically pumps, David, isn't it? Pumps for cars and pools and spas and everything. Yeah, automotive pumps, yeah. Yeah, It depended on the Aussie dollar, you know, the, um, the... Share price when the Aussie was weak, that obviously impacts their because they're importing their yeah. importers. Yeah. So it's improved with the Aussie dollar strengthening. Uh, but look, this this one um, again fell from thirteen twelve fifty down to a low of eight. Great entry according to my rules at nine dollars here, right. and then it, it's flown up to um, in almost twelve dollars, yeah. but now pulled back to about eleven thereabouts. It I would be taking profits on this. It was right. a great buy at nine start taking money off the table. I would not be chasing it. If you still got it, you'd hold it, but you'd sell it if it broke below. My technical level here is $10.75. Okay. If it closed below that, I'd get out. But right now it's a hold, it's not a buy for me. It was a buy at $9. Right, okay. And they've yeah. removed guidance as well. Yeah. So that just shows you how uncertain Okay, so on your chart, you're saying if it gets to 1045. 10.75. 10.75, you'd sell it because it'll keep going down. That's it. So where is the level that you'd say, oh yeah, the charts are saying saying buy? When it breaks above, when it breaks above, good question, uh, above the previous high here, which was actually uh, uh, just 11, uh, it was $11, whatever that is, 75. Right. Okay. That that's that would be breaking to a new high. Right. So it's actually in a very tight range here for I was most of say, the month. That's a real ra- uh, tight range. T- yeah, eleven seventy five to ten seventy five. That's where it's been. Uh, there you go. Yeah. In that, uh, it did, well, you haven't got the. That's a yeah. Let's bring the one year uh, yeah. one back up. Yeah. Down, You'll see can. it over the last month. It's between that range. Yeah. Okay. If you, All if right. you have a look and, at um, the trading range there. 
Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what you look for with a chart chart like that's this. That's right. But you see that breakout there? That's a $9 when it started to move. Yeah. That was the entry level yeah. for yeah. technicians, technical yeah. traders like myself. Yeah. Okay. I mean, great move up there, but you'd be taking money off. It's near the previous or peak there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and guidance removed. Um, yeah. Too uncertain. Too uncertain. Yeah. Francesco? Yeah, look. Um, We've got a hold recommendation on stock. I'm probably a little bit more positive on this one rather than a hold. I wouldn't okay. go to a buy, um, yeah. and I'd be cautious if I if I did. Um, you know, looking at David's point there about that sort of ramp up from around nine dollars, I think you'll find that was the realization that you know new car sales had suffered because yeah. of this coronavirus, but second-hand car sales actually mm. improved, yeah. which is a good thing for GUD yeah. because obviously they require more parts and so yeah. forth. So, so yeah. I, I, I saw Batcorp yeah. go then too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, car sales as well, of, yeah. 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 Um, so I, th- I think this environment is probably pretty good for used cars. Um, I do. I, I have a, actually have a friend who, who deals in um, second-hand cars uh, commercially, um, and he said he hasn't seen it as busy in the last sort of two or three years. So, yeah. so I think what's happening is a lot of those uh, funds that would normally go into new cars are moving into a second-hand yeah. car market, yeah. so the parts are required more there. Uh, on the pump side of things, I don't see a real change in demand or, yeah. on, the, on that side of it. Um, and they're also in, into you know, irrigation as well, so the pumps are not just for you know, pools and spas, it's, you know, for irrigation and so yeah. forth. So it, it's in a good space, I think, but... But, um, you know, I always struggle with this sort of company and understanding sort of the flows. But I, I can understand that new car flow. Uh, but I think the biggest thing at the moment, uh, as David Hollow, is the currency volatility. Mm. Uh, and that's going to move that share price around mm. pretty quickly. The balance sheet's very strong, so I don't yeah. see them requiring to raise any capital at this point in time. Um, but, um, you, know, you know, the currency is just the biggest concern sure. with our analysts at the okay. moment. So be careful of that. Yeah. Um, and our final stock comes from Amelia. Thanks for the suggestion, Amelia. Uh, good old AMP, David. This is, this is a huge sort of branded Australia financial institution. Um, it's been a, in a bit of strife over the last year or two. Um, it's been, been in strife over the last decade. Decade. list of history. Yeah. Two, two decades, so three decades. Gosh, this is the Lazarus, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> coming back. Well, got David Murray chairing the board now, I suppose. So yeah, well, that's good. It's a change that. of the board makes a big difference. Uh, yeah. Look, I, 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 again, it's in that financial services, the sector um, itself. If I, I mean, I would go for IOOF personally rather than AMP. Right, okay. Um, if a preference it to me. But look, I, I, it's had a good rally again. It was a great buy in April at dollar forty. Yeah. For a move up to a dollar ninety here, that's a like 50 percent you know yeah. profit move in a couple of months. Um, would I be jumping into it now? No, I'd be if you if you still got it, you'd hold it. Yeah. Um, but you again, I've got a line in the sand here at just below a dollar seventy. Um, but otherwise, hold. But yeah. I wouldn't be buying. Uh, the buy was a dollar forty. Right. That was okay. the, the signal to get in. Yeah, Francesca. Yeah, we've got a hold on this one as well. I mean. You think about AMP and and the things it's been through over the last oh. well since its listing history, yep. the brand is still fairly strong. Now this Royal Commission's really tested that brand, yep. and, and I suppose it won't be for another year or two until we understand how how strong or weak the brand has become after that. Yeah, um, you know, the other day they got approval oh, from that five inches, yeah, six dollar eighty four. Yeah, even go um, back even further. 
Yeah. And, and, and you know, the other day they got approval to sell the, the life insurance business yes. from Reserve Bank. So that gave them yeah. a bit of a boost, yeah. uh, puts a bit of cash back in the coffers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that cash. I, I think they should give some back to shareholders, which yeah. I, I, I think they I think they probably will. Um, yeah, yeah, I think what if you if you're looking to invest in something like this, it's you're gonna be putting a lot of faith in management, yeah. being able to turn the wealth management business around. Now, um, people I talk to in the industry um, at AMP have suggested we did have a lot of people exit AMP. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of clients did exit at the time. I think that would have dried up by now. So it'll be interesting to see how that wealth management uh, division uh, progresses from yeah. here. Um, we got to hold. So meaning, yeah, if, meaning if you bought it at 6 or 8 or $10, it's, you know, such a small holding now, you, you're probably yeah. happy to go for the ride because the, the risk is that they do succeed and the thing turns yeah. back up to 4 or $5. Um, but... You know, if you got funds in there, like David said, you know, I, and I wouldn't be buying IWF, but if you had a choice of the two, yeah. you'd be going IWF yeah. over AMP. At the and moment. I suppose you've got, got to say, where are they taking it to? It's been such a mess. Mm. How are they going to build it back into a stock that gives shareholder value? Yeah. What have you got to focus on? What are you yeah. got to be good at? Yeah. yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And look, you know, I think the, the, that AMP, unfortunately, because of their name and who the, the size of them, really got dragged through the Royal Commission oh, yeah. pretty harshly. Yeah. And I, I think there's some others out there that could have been just as, as you know, yeah. as, as treated just as harshly, but because of the timing and everything like that, they just focused on certain yeah. parts they of the were, business. They were the tall poppy. They were the tall poppy, yeah, they, yeah, of course. Um, they, they wanted to get the scalp off. Yes. Yeah, all right. All right, there's a, uh, the opinion on AMP. Thank you for that, Amelia. Uh, that's the end of our 10 stocks for today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.